Hello, and welcome to Rollins Around Town. I'm Samantha Otimo, and I'll be hosting today's show. I'm currently a senior with a major in communication, as well as a member of the Rollins College Women's Across team. My role allows me to engage in Rollins in the Rollins community on many levels, and it is my responsibility to help connect the dots between the college and the community at large. The dots I refer to are opportunities for college stakeholders, faculty, staff, and students to have access to leaders and professionals in our region. This helps Rollins deliver on our mission while also uplifting the brand of the college throughout Central Florida. Rollins Around Town highlights the connections between Rollins and the Central Florida community, introduces the college to important community leaders, and shares the impact that Rollins has throughout town. The goal of the show is to share the role, the important role that Rollins plays in town and how important the college is to our region. So thank you for joining us this morning and it is my pleasure to the guest, Dennis Short, the coach of the Rollins College women's lacrosse team. Dennis Short is currently in his 14th season as the head coach of the team. Welcome to the show, Coach Short, and thank you so much for joining us today. For starters, tell us where, where you're from and where you grew up. Well, thank you, Sammy. It's so fun to be here with you. And uh, it's always exciting because it's see, you know, yourself and, and your teammates excel every day in one aspect. And, and I know that aspect so well, but it's so cool to be here because you guys have so many other things that you excel at. And uh, super, super fun for me to be sitting across from you right now, um, watching you in another area that I know you excel at. So, um, so thank you for having me. Um, I'm originally from Doylestown, Pennsylvania. It's about an hour outside of the Philadelphia hour, uh, area. Um, and I have been here at Rollins for 14 years. I've lived in Central Florida for 16. Awesome, awesome. And how'd you come to be the head coach at Rollins? You know, um, this one was not necessarily uh, planned out. Um, you know, sometimes in life, um, things occur and uh, my wife and I met when we both were coaching at Ohio State and got married while we were there and then uh, moved to the University of Albany where there was a head women's tennis position and a head women's lacrosse position. So a uh, pretty unique situation there. Uh, spent some time there, but uh, decided we wanted to start a family after a few years up there. And um, the life of a college coach, you tend to bounce around for a lot, uh, you know, to a lot of locations. And uh, we decided we'd put careers aside at that point and um, figure out where we wanted to settle to raise a family. And then we'd figure out work from there. And the irony is, um, longtime assistant coach Tom Kinley, I met like 25 years ago uh, when I came down to work a summer camp when he was a local high school coach and um, was first introduced to Winter Park. I had no idea about Winter Park. Um, you know, I just heard Orlando and think Disney. And so um, Winter Park was uh, a place that I just fell in love with 25 years ago. And so it was a, on a short list of places we visited, um, trying to decide if that's where we wanted to move. And so we moved down here. And about a year and a half after we moved, I was a high school social studies teacher and coaching soccer and uh, boys lacrosse at that point. Um, and then Rollins added the lacrosse positions and I applied and fortunate enough, Penny hired me, so. That's amazing, yeah. I was actually always wondering how you met TK, Tom Kinley. <laughs> so when you first met him, did you know? That's I, gonna be my best friend and my <laughs> assistant coach. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so we, you know, and again, it was just funny because, you know, it was like 25 years ago, but then we'd see each other at like summer lacrosse tournaments and, you know, um, obviously, 
everybody loves TK. He's just <laughs> such a great person and such great energy. Um, so he was, uh, once I was hired, um, you know, he reached out to me about, you know, helping out as the assistant. And of course, immediately I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's figure out how to do this. So, um, so it's been, uh, it's been a wonderful marriage ever since. <laughs> yes, of course. The bromance we all love. <laughs> Um, yeah, I wish he could. I wish he came today. TK, uh, wish he trust came. Me, TK wishes he were here right now, too. <laughs> I'll make him come in one day. Um, yeah, like, what do you think? Because I know that used to be at Albany. So, like, what mm. do you think? Um, just in, like the coaching aspect and just in every like, aspect, even just the location, like, what are the like main differences that like, you saw? Sure. Well, <laughs> location. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, Definitely, we were looking for warm weather. Um, we had had enough of, I think, my last year at Albany. We played our first home game outside on April 23rd, uh, which was our last scheduled home game of the year. Um, so it was pretty brutal winters up there. And, you know, we enjoyed snowboarding and snowshoeing and stuff like that. But as far as coaching a spring sport, it wasn't the ideal situation. Um, yeah. So, but I think the thing for me is school-wise, um, you know, like most careers, when you start out, you're always looking to advance, and um, I'm always thirsting for knowledge. So uh, I started at a small Division three school, uh, and that was very similar. I went to a Division three school, so I'm, I'm a strong proponent of, proponent of uh, liberal arts education um, and small class sizes and relationships. And I had the opportunity um, and was hired at Ohio State, which was amazing. Um, I wouldn't be the coach today without all the the money they put into their coaching development and learned so much during my time there. Um, and then, you know, wanted to, you know, again, the position at Albany kind of worked out because they had a head women's tennis and lacrosse position. So it was a unique opportunity for my wife and I to do that. Um, but with Rollins, the thing that really, um, it's just, it's a better fit for me from, from my um, philosophy and my beliefs. Um, you know, our education is first and foremost. Um, you know, I always look at what you guys are doing and I'm just so proud and, and also um, pretty extremely, you know, amazed at the workload. Um, you know, it's the rigor here academically is, is quite tough um, and how well you guys balance being incredibly successful. I've always been so proud of the team and you know, how high of a team GPA, we're always in a three, five range and, um, and then, you know, competing for national championships every year. So um, I think it's that the type of student that we're able to recruit here at Rollins um, is just a super high achieving student. And um, I love that, but it's also not just about yourself. It's about those relationships. And I think in a place like Rollins, when you have that sense of community and I think uh, President Cornwell has done a great job enhancing that community here. Um, it's just pretty special, and it's not something you find every other place. I completely agree with that. Yeah, and I know you went to a D3 school, and this is a D2 school. And um, I remember as I was transferring here from a D1 program, I thought that, like, your philosophy when we first met and everything and everything that you stood for, like, really, like, spoke to me. And I just want to know, like, your opinion between, like, the D2, D3, and then like the D1 like range of just like play and like what you think like the benefits of being like at a D2 or D3 school is compared mm -hmm. to being at that like D1 level. Sure. You know, like anything, 
so I think so much is really dictated by the coach of the program. Um, I, I think there are some Division One programs with coaches that are really um, just outstanding at developing the whole person and see beyond just the game. Although, you know, that's our you know primary focus is you know helping um, develop athletes, but. Um, I think, you know, at the D3 level, you, you have coaches that kind of don't get that whole picture. So I think a lot is, you know, like any corporation, their leadership really um, dictates the environment a lot. Um, of course, in Division One, there is a lot more emphasis put on record, you know, at a place like Ohio State, you know, you're 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 there they're expecting you to win championships you know big 10 conference championships and compete for national championships and um so there's that pressure that you have to perform um and i think that's pretty typical of a lot of the d1 and and, and that's where i feel like for a lot of our student athletes you know it becomes a you know such a chore and a job because um as a coach you you feel that same way um but I think the difference there is there, there really are only a handful of schools in Division One that are going to get the experience of competing for championships. Um, I think in D2 and D3, financially, you know, when you look at the athletics, financially, you know, there's less of a disparity. So um, I think there, you know, athletes, student athletes that choose D2 and D3 and go to programs that get to experience a high level of competition and compete in NCAA championships, like that experience is so valuable for them, um, you know, in terms of life lessons. And so when I think about schools, I don't really think so much D1, D2, and D3. I think about the experience that a student athlete can have at those different institutions. And I used to own a club here, TK, um, you know, Tom Kinley and myself and our other assistant, Brad Pinnicky, we used to have a a, uh, a, a local travel club uh, for middle school and high school kids. So we spent a lot of time trying to help kids with recruiting and, and pretty much demystifying the D1. Everybody wants to play D1. And, you know, the opportunities um, that D2 and D3 schools have are oftentimes overlooked by this chasing a D1 dream when so many times the experience is a better fit at a D2 or D3 school. Yeah, I completely agree with that, especially... I mean, I'm in my senior year now, but I can vividly remember my junior year, even the, my sophomore year of everybody. Um, I went to St. Anthony's High School in Long Island, and everybody was committing left and right for those Division One schools, and it pressured me into committing to a Division One offer that I most likely at this point, now, now knowing what I know, would have never taken it. I mean, it led me to here, so I'm not mad about it, and it was a great experience, and I learned a lot, but it was definitely, I felt that pressure and I'm sure that you've seen a lot of kids under that pressure as you're having new recruiting classes each year. I'm sure you can see them thinking, and they don't know how amazing Rollins is, and the D2 program here is absolutely amazing. I can't say enough great things about it. Um, and they're probably thinking, you know, that D1, 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 as everybody everybody thinks that in high school. Mm -hmm. But those D2 and D3 schools, every, it's, it is overlooked a little bit by people. That's why um, I always just try to tell, like, kids from home and stuff just – always really go visit, look, really think about that balance you can have along with competing for a national championship at, in Florida at an amazing institution. Um, so speaking of lacrosse, this is a loaded question. 
But um, what were your initial reactions to like COVID-19 news in the realm of the lacrosse world? Um, the immediate reaction was um, just last year's 2020 seniors. And immediate reaction was, all right, the season was just canceled. We aren't going to have much time you know, and I remember it was it was like 1030 on a Thursday. And I just remember we have to react incredibly quickly to do something for our seniors because not only has the season been canceled, but I just my gut feeling was very, very quickly, you know, we're not going to see each other again. Like we, we were going into spring break. It was just that natural time with everybody leaving for spring break that, you know, we might not come back. So, um it was immediately just celebrate the seniors. You know, this is going to be devastating for them. That This is how their careers are coming to an end. So we're going to rally everybody together and we're going to send them off um, with the most fun event we can to honor them. And, uh, and you were a part of this last year. Our underclassmen um, were amazing in five hours time um, getting pictures and we got officials and we got our our, our announcer to the game and we managed to put together a, an impromptu senior night um, with just an inter-squad scrimmage in our uniforms and flowers and everything, uh, everything else um, that anything we could come up with to just honor our seniors. And the, the great thing was uh, we took such a, a, you know, a devastating, you know, event and news of that day and turned it into what is in my mind hands down the most memorable senior night ever um, and it was such a special night um, for not only our seniors but i think our entire team and it just kind of um, i think for me it stood out as just really just exemplary of how our team you know responds to um, tough things you know and it's don't feel bad for yourself like we're you know just let's put our nose to the grindstone and let's make the best of this situation um, so that was the immediate. And then after that night, um, you know, I was so focused that day just on what we need to do to, to, to get that game off. And then that evening, you know, once I got home, it was like, okay, um, we're, we're dealing with something we've never, ever, you know, experienced before and, um, historic, not only for athletics and, you know, NCA athletics, but, um, you know, the, the entire world. Um, so it was uh, kind of tough to, at that point, know as a coach, you'd like to plan um, for everything. And, you know, you have plan A and then you have your backup plan and your, your backup plan to that. And then, you know, and, and you're, you're always trying to adapt. Um, but there was no script for this. There was no game plan for this. So uh, it was it was trying to reset the mindset kind of like just i remember thinking all right bruce lee just be like water we don't know what's coming so we just gotta go with the flow with this one and um at that point it was just how am i going to support my kids because this is going to be so hard for them uh, tears were definitely shed that night of the senior night I, they always are shed every senior night but that one was definitely different in the sense that it was right before spring break and we had no idea. We thought it was gonna be two weeks, but we didn't know. And um, obviously we had to prepare for the worst and it was pretty bad what happened. We never ended up being able to come back for that season. Um, but I do think that there are some pros and 
there was definitely a lot of cons, but if you had to just say maybe one or two pros from the COVID-19, um, I'd love to hear them. So one of the big things to me was it gave us an opportunity um, with some Zoom calls to connect with alumni. And um, while we were you know, not able to really be together, um, we were able to reach out and um, connect with some of our alumni um, in a way I had never thought about before. Um, and it's certainly something we hope to continue doing, but it was a lot of fun to not only um, let them share some of their experiences with our current players, but of course also, and, and of course, you know, you were able to reach out to, to Annie, <laughs> and he's yes. amazing, and, um, and works for NBC Sports. Uh, so Annie and Pags, who were roommates here in college and seven years after graduating um, are still roommates in New York City together. Um, so it was cool to, I think, um, connect with our alumni over a Zoom call and, and, and see how, how similar their experiences are with some of our current players, but then also um, make that connection for you know, those career opportunities and just advice and things that they, you know, have learned along the way that can share with our current team. So that was a pretty cool thing. And again, um, COVID just got us thinking a little differently with, um, you know, how we could connect with our alumni. Yeah, I thought that was an amazing opportunity, especially because the people we were meeting were very, they were young, cool, they could connect with us, easy to reach out to. Annie, for example, helped me. Um, shout out to Annie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was awesome. I definitely appreciate that as a player um, in the sense that you didn't just let it go and say, okay, well, see you guys, when I see you, you stayed in touch with us. You kept us in the mix so we could at least all see each other. Since it was just a weird time, we were all just sitting at our houses. We were with our roommates or some people went home and they were alone. It's probably definitely helpful for people that went home and were alone because it was just awkward timing. It was just very weird, especially for freshmen that just got there. Um, it's probably, you know, very hard on them. So I'm sure everybody on our team appreciated that a lot. I know I did. Um, and the next question I would like to ask you is, what was your favorite part of coaching here at Rollins throughout the past 14 years? Favorite part? Wow, there, honestly, there are so many, so many favorite parts. Um, uh, you know, and it, it's probably not the answer most people would would say but um it's probably in 2000 um 2013 in maryland we lost in the national semifinal in triple overtime but the game both teams we were playing limestone our our hated rival but um you know it, it was both teams just played such an amazing game and I've had, there were probably about 4,000 people in the stands for that game. Um, it was televised in Baltimore. I had officials that came up to me that were there for observation and training that just said, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. And it was just the effort that was put out there by both teams. And it's like, you coach your, your whole life to put your athletes in a situation where they give their absolute best performance. And on that stage with so much at stake, I just felt like that team 
left everything out there. And I was so disappointed for them that they didn't get the win. But the experience was just, you know, it'll be hard to ever top that because it wasn't just about our team. It was just about the entire game. And I think it's that type of experience, um, you know, that, like I said, as a coach, you just want to hopefully put your kids in a position to to be in that environment and to and to be able to play at that type of level uh, for an entire game and to just have it go back and forth, back and forth. So um, that one's got to be up there. But I said it really was less about the game and more just about how well a team came together and played their best game probably ever with the most pressure they've ever been under. That was awesome. Yeah, that just got me, like I feel intense now. Just after listening to that, I could just so imagine because I guess as a coach, you just brought up a good point. It's kind of getting your kids prepared to be in that pressured situation because that's really when it really matters. And even when push comes to shove, win or lose, I mean, it's just the effort as you you're bringing it up years later. And I'm sure the girls in the team will never forget that exact moment. Those are always the best. Those are the, mo- the most remem- like memorable moments when you're in that in that game in overtime and it's one more goal, one more this sudden death and. Those are always just the best, best memories of lacrosse for me as well. So I could totally understand that. Um, so now speaking about just like Rollins lacrosse and how it's affected the community, um, how do you feel that it has affected the community? And just like, for example, I know that we've done Habitat for Humanity, Dog for a Day, Clean the World. If you want to explain those or talk about those and how you think that it affected the community, I'd love to hear about that. Sure. Um you know, first of all, Rollins in general is just such an amazing, you know, institution in terms of encouraging community involvement. And I think makes such a, does an amazing job of, of really getting out in the community. So, um, you know, as a coach, it's, I have so many resources to go to um, when we're trying to do things um, that number one, they're, they're a little self-serving in the sense that they're great team building activities. Um, but number two, it's also, you know, I think, you know, I've always believed that, you know, helping others is, is really the best medicine for, for yourself. And you feel great about yourself when you're doing something for somebody that you don't even know. And, um, I also always like to try to find things that, for instance, Habitat for Humanity, um, you know, get to go out and, give our players an opportunity to do some things that they maybe have never done before. And we have some players that have never swung a hammer. And um, so some things that are life skills that they may, because of that experience, um, we certainly are out in the community, but it's also an experience for our players to do something maybe haven't done. Um, But I think whether it's the Habitat for Humanity, the dog for a day, um, we have so many dog lovers. So I think anytime we can find something that the team is excited about doing uh, because it's something they're passionate about. Um, we're going to do a better job being out in the community because we really are excited and passionate about that. So we, we look for those things. Probably one of our most successful ones has been St. Jude's Hospital. Um, you know, several years ago, one of our uh, players, uh, sort of Captain Mo Immel, um, her sister had been in and out of St. Jude's. Um, for many, many years, and she passed away um, at senior year. So um, for several years after the team 
was amazing and would do the St. Jude's walk every year and as a as a group raised over $40,000 for St. Jude's. So that was probably one of the most, um, you know, in terms of um, really creating an opportunity that we had a huge passion for, um, which was helping St. Jude's Hospital because of that, that personal connection, but then also, um, you know, making a, a fairly large, I mean, I think about when I was a college athlete on a team, the idea of raising $40,000 is like blows me away. We, you know, raising a couple hundred dollars, you thought that was pretty successful. So uh, again, another, um, you know, just credit to our kids and just how amazing they are and passionate about things. Um, but that was another, like I said, that was probably our, our, our most successful one and one that a lot of people in the community, I think really took notice to, you know, our kids and, and how hard they were working for, um, for somebody else. Yeah. That's incredible. That's a really, that's a large amount of money for just a group of girls to be raising. I mean, thinking of the fundraisers we've done, 40 K is a lot of money and that should definitely be recognized by the community. So speaking of just, you know, the community and all that, I know that obviously you are, you know, a resident of Winter Park, but if you weren't at Rollins and in Winter Park right now, where do you think you would be? What would you be doing? (laughs) What would I be doing? I would be traveling. (laughs) I'd be in my camper with my wife and son, and we would be traveling um, and hiking and mountain biking, and I'd be riding my motorcycle, and um, I would be uh, probably just trying to journal and and uh, I like to I love to write actually I was an English minor so I would probably be trying to do some sort of uh, online blog and travel um, travel blog and um, I'm, I'm I love to be adaptable and I love to try new things so I'm sure I'd just do whatever odd job I could to you that know, awesome. to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> that would be the dream, but uh, a little tougher when you actually have an 11 year old child. Yeah. <laughs> Bodie. <laughs> yeah, Bodie. Bodie, uh, you know, not necessarily the, the the perfect time to be doing that. But not the someday, ideal travel, buddy. <laughs> Chrissy and I will we'll, we'll, we'll have our camper traveling traveling around the United States doing, yes. uh, doing a lot of outdoorsy things. I was about to say, you better do that eventually. <laughs> oh, we will. We will. When Bodie's at school or something. Yes. <laughs> So um, another question that I would like to ask you, I'm sure you have a bunch of them because I always see you wandering around campus, but <laughs> what would your favorite spot on campus be just to hang out or get away if you had to name one or two? You know, I don't have one or two. I, I, and again, it's just my personality. I love to always do something different. Um, that's one of the things I love about my job. It's, it's, you know, it's something, it's different every day. I mean, aside from going to practice. Um, so, but we have so many, I mean, our campus is so beautiful and winter park is so beautiful. So, um, I tend to not go to one place. I tend to like to just take in experiences at a lot of different places. Um, cause I think, um, every place is, is unique and every place I kind of go, um, you know, I'll, I, I kind of take something from the, from being in that place. So I like kind of changing it up. Yeah, and I think Ron's, even just the campus alone, has so many different spots. Just even just the little places, that little hallway is so beautiful. Obviously, the water, the lake is amazing. And there's just so many opportunities to just do different things around campus and just around Park Ave. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of, you know, Park Ave reminds me of like a little, 
you know, slice of like Europe where there's all these little nooks and crannies and fountains. And um, I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I've never been there, but I feel like it'd be like that. Marina <laughs> well, told me it's like that. I've been fortunate to, to, to be there. So, yes, it's it's it gives me a little reminder of like Italy and some of the little cafes and things. It's, it's great. Yeah, no, it's so beautiful. When I first came down and visited, I remember we went to Panulo's and I was walking mm-hmm. around. And I was like, wow, I love it here. I think I'm going to come here. Um, so what do you think for this upcoming season, since it is coming up so soon, Wednesday at Tampa, everyone watch, um, what do you think that your favorite part and the, mo- the part that you are most excited for is? Part I'm most excited for? Um, that's a good question. I, you know, I think it's, I, I've kind of already experienced it and that's just the, seeing the team come together and, you know, this year, uh, you know, the challenges for us, um, you know, we've had less time on the field than, you know, our conference opponents have had. Um, and so to me, I, I love that challenge and I love, you know, I love kind of feeling like you're a little bit of that underdog role. And, um, I, I, I feel like the way our team has come together so quickly with just a couple of weeks and then, you know, we get shut down from practice and we're, you know, we bounce back from that. So, I think I'm experiencing it right now. Like, I think this is going to be the greatest part of the season is just how fast we were able to come together. Um, and as you know, and uh, you know, we, we graduated a, a lot of kids last year. It was a large senior class. We brought in a lot of new players this year. So it was a little bit of a transitional year. Um, and with the circumstances, I just love the challenge of it. So I think that's the most exciting thing right now is just um, the amazing job of, of how this team has, has, gelled um under pressure um and and the pressure being the lack of time to prepare um i think it's gonna you know as i reflect back at the end of the season i think that's going to be the thing that stands out the most is is the the coming together under pressure yeah i could totally agree with that i mean in looking like as a member of the team i think that this just this like class oh sorry not this class this whole team that we have right now we're all going through something together which is helping us to kind of gel together because it's in the sense that we all are like, when we look at each other, we're like we're here, we're doing this, let's make the best of it. Let's go our, let's go our hardest. And I think that that's kind of something that's special and different like than a lot of other teams in the past that we've had, because it's just kind of something we can all relate on and we've all been through together. I, I agree. And I, and again, it, it reminds me a little bit of that team in 2013 and that game, which just, you know, I think it, I really think I'll reflect back of like just this this team and how they've come together is going to be pretty special. I love that and I agree as well. So one question that and also the last question that we like to ask is what would you do if you were present for a day at Rollins? <laughs> what would I do? Um, <laughs> let's see. I know what I would do. <laughs> I would schedule Fox Day as an actual day, we know when it's coming. Yes. <laughs> that would, would be, that's what I would do. Most people, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, definitely. I yes. agree. It and wouldn't we be would a surprise. It this is, it's going to be this team. day, this year, and we can plan for it. That yes. would be the one thing I would do. Yes. I agree, and I love that. And hopefully you can be present for a day so we can make that happen. Well, thank you no, so much. No, I don't much. want to be present for a day. President Corbell, you got that. That's all you. Yeah, he's probably like, no, I want to give it away for a day. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Rollins Around Town, Coach Short. 
To keep updated on our show and guests, follow us on Facebook at Rollins Around Town and subscribe to our podcast, Rollins Around Town, on Apple and on Spotify. Have a lovely day in Winter Park or wherever you may be.